What up, people? Welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where two friends drink alone together. My name is Tud. And I'm Obert. And uh, that's right. It's Drinking Alone with Friend this week, where uh, sadly, Chris, last minute, wasn't able to record. So, um, you know, we figured the show must go on, people. Correct. Chris, actually, we're, we don't know what's wrong with Chris, but given the, the state of the world at the moment, we believe it to be the covid yeah, Todd doesn't really care too much about HIPAA violations, so uh, nope. he's just going out there. We're declaring Listen, Chris probably has COVID. Uh, I, I am not a, I am not a doctor. I don't have to follow the rules of any of these HIPAA things because right. I've never HIPAA, sworn the oath. HIPAA's, HIPAA's short for Hippocratic Oath, right? Correct. Yeah. It's not about yeah. Patient Privacy Act or anything like well, that. Well, it, it is, but I don't have patients. Okay, that's right. We all know you're a very impatient person. So no, I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't have patience. I'm sorry, Chris. That's true. Chris told me that he thinks he might have COVID, and I'm going to make fun of him for it. I think this and is all all going to come out. This we're recording. What's going to be evidence in a court of law someday? So no, we're no, fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hopefully, Chris Chris just has a mild case of COVID. Otherwise, we'd feel like big jerks. Yeah, I, I mean, if from from the sounds of it, he said he doesn't feel that bad. But I, clearly, it's bad enough to where he didn't want to be on the pod. So yeah, well, I'm glad I guess that this way I didn't want to have to record with a mask on. I thought that would be bad for the audio. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad he's Hello. You know, How are you? Know, quarantining by himself off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. He, he so, was so sick that we made him quarantine himself. Yeah, away from his own microphone. So we had on the schedule for this week uh, is. Our second annual Oktoberfest of Palooza, which, as you all remember, starts the day after Oktoberfest ends, um, which Correct. was Sunday, the day before this episode releases. It was going to be perfect. But, um, you know, we didn't, We even though we wanted the show to go on, we didn't want Chris to miss out on all of the Stein hoisting that he's been practicing the whole year for. And uh, I know he's got his, his cute uh, drindle dress that he wanted to wear, so... <laughs> We're going to wait for Chris. Octoberfest of Palooza has been postponed by one week this year. Do, do I have to run back the, the holding of the mug this year? Well, you've been practicing. That's what I thought you were practicing all 52 weeks for. Was uh, I have been. I mean, have you seen my arms? They're jacked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, every episode before we start, Ted's out there standing against the wall holding the mug out. We're going to see. Yeah, we'll have to do a, a contest for, for next week. We'll make great audio. Just six minutes of silence while we all hold our our hands out with our mugs. Well, I think that we have to do it while making audio gold. That is the podcast. Okay. That, that makes it even harder. So the ultimate person who wins is really the ultimate October Festa Palooza podcaster. That's right. That's right. They become the hop king until next year. Yes. But uh, we'll have to get into that more next week, I guess, when we have Chris back in action. So we pulled an audible this week and we decided to go to one of our favorite segments. A lot of sound effects here, hang on. That's right, folks. Oh no! You know what this sound means. Oh no! It's Get out of the water! Everyone's favorite thing. It's... <laughs> Face your beers! Ah! I saw this at the store today. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Heard about this Budweiser Nitro Reserve Gold? I just started seeing that pop up on television like this past like week. 
Okay. I don't, I don't watch much television because I don't really have cable. I only watch it for football. Right. Um, but yeah, this this seems to pop up in the middle of football games now. So I had never seen this before either, but the best buy date on the bottom of this can is the day before we were recording, September 29th. So I'm like, huh. Interesting. That's really fast turnaround. I figured maybe it took a while to get to Montana, but now that I'm see, hearing that you're just finding out about it now too, uh, maybe not. Well, in classic Budweiser fashion, I don't think it's going to taste any worse if it's past its best buy date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was kind of cool. Extra smooth golden lager, nitro Budweiser. Um, I don't think it's going to be terrible, but it's something I thought would be fun to bring on the podcast. It even has um, instructions, nitro pour tutor on the side here. So it says to flip, Which I the appreciate. Can, flip the can over three times. Open and pour hard, it says. It's just a picture of, it, of the can upside down over the glass, pouring out. And then wait for it. So maybe, maybe I should do that now, and then I can have time to kill while I wait for it. Oh. Ooh, look at that. It's actually way less nitro-y than I thought it was going to be. It cleared up almost immediately. Yeah, there's maybe an inch of foam on the top of this. I thought it was going to be like a Guinness when you pour it and it's just like the sea of bubbles. No, it's perfectly clear. You can see right through it after, you know, what was that? Five seconds of pouring. So it doesn't seem super nitro-y, which is a little disappointing. Well, it is past its best by date. That's true. It is by a whole day. <laughs> so I don't know the last time I had a Budweiser. It's been a long time. I think that's, that's true. Um, it tastes like a maltier Bud Light, if that helps. Yeah, that's kind of what I remember it. But I don't remember it smelling very good. I remember it smelling like, you know, gross, stale beer. This has a very distinct hop and sweeter malt aroma that I was not huh. expecting. This smells like a beer I would enjoy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Is, somebody going to, is somebody else going to be in love with Budweiser on this podcast besides me? I don't know if I would go that far. But um, I did buy it. I have five more of these in the fridge that I have to drink before I leave montana especially because they're supposed to be drank by yesterday i would like to argue that i think you could leave those in your fridge and you'd be just fine uh you know what they say about fallen soldiers and all that but uh okay so at this point the head is dissipated we're still at maybe five eighths of an inch a little over half here but uh enough for me to just go into it and have a little bit of a nitro mustache so without further ado cheers singular co-host ted cheers singular co-host obert it's beer 30, and I'm thirsty. I've been working like a dog all week long, so maybe something cold won't hurt me. Because it's beer 30, and it's time to party. Yeah, baby. Okay, so it's not bad. Um, I feel like at this point it's just flat. Like there's no no bubbles whatsoever. The nitro is completely dissipated. Um so is it like you're drinking a Budweiser that was left over from the night before, but somebody's stuck in the fridge? Kind of. It's like, Ugh. it's still cold, but it's just a flat Budweiser. Um, like I said, it's decently sweet. Um, you get a lot of that adjunct flavor we all know and love from a, a cheap domestic beer. Yeah. it's Bud, Budweiser is, I'm a Bud Light fan. I don't think I could pick Budweiser out of a lineup like I could a, a Bud Light. Right, right. Um, I don't know. This is not bad because it's cold, but I could tell I don't. A real face your beers would be to let this warm up because it would start to get real skunky, I think, pretty quick. It's all right. I would never order it again, 
but I <laughs> not I'm not hating on it. You know, I would definitely rather drink a Bud Light than this. Well, Bud Light's delicious. That's true. Bud Light is delicious. Todd's words, not mine. But I would rather have this than like a Rolling Rock. Maybe this is like a more full flavored Rolling Rock. But I get that I get a lot of the same flavors. That makes sense. More, so a more flavorful Rolling Rock, but flat. But flat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. End of the day, it's it's between a two and a two and a quarter. Um, I think this is gonna earn a two and a quarter from me. Okay. You know. Now for for just for general comparison purposes, what would you rate a Bud Light? I thought Bud Light automatically got a five. It does from me. For you. But what does it get from you? <sighs> yeah, about the same. Yeah, but maybe two and a quarter, two and a half, depending on how I'm feeling. If it's like a really okay. hot day and it's a really cold Bud Light, you know, it's hitting the spot. If I hadn't had a beer in a week and a half, um, yeah, it'd be definitely two and a half territory. Okay, so, and now what would you rate a normal Budweiser? I know you said you haven't had one in a long yeah, time. Yeah, so. that's a tough one. Um, I got to pass. I, I can't. I can't, it would be a disservice to give it a ranking because I don't even remember. Okay. Okay. You know? No. Yeah. Now, what, one final question before we go into guessing the untapped rating. If you were to get a standard lager from macro or from microbrewery ABC, I mean, you name the microbrewery, you go in there, you order their closest thing to a Budweiser. So like a certified gold from Willie Brew, maybe. Per- perfect. What would you, ballpark, I don't need to know the exact rating, but what would sure. you think that you would give something like that? Three, three point out, two seven five. Okay, okay. So it's not yeah. as it's, so it's not as bad as it's just in logger territory. It's on the lower end of logger territory for you. Right, right. Yeah, it's just weird that it's flat. I don't know. I don't get what's <laughs> up with that. That's the that see that's my biggest issue with nitro things in general is that unless it's Guinness is the only one that I know that can kind of it tastes good flat. Everything else that you get on nitro, you're kind of like. This is good. The the normal carbonated version with CO2, much better. <laughs> yeah. How about, um, have you, how do you feel about Left Hand's Nitro Milk Stout? I, I like I like Left Hand Nitro's Milk Stout. Um, I was actually just going to say that. That's another one that I forgot that's pretty good in Nitro. That's the, that's where I know how to pour Nitro from, is from okay. Left Hand and Milk Stout. Because of, on the side of their bottle, it shows the same thing that that can does, where taking it, holding it upside down and letting it, you know, hardly pour into the, the cup. Okay. So I would agree that it's funny that we both kind of picked that one out as Guinness and the only other really good nitro beer that comes to mind. Yeah. Everything else is just kind of, eh, it's better with CO2. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a fun novelty sometimes. It's fun enough for me to, you know, see it today in the store and be like, what is this? And pick it up in a Budweiser. <laughs> um, I like nitro coffee, but, uh, Fun, fun story. Earlier today, I was talking to somebody about the Starbucks Nitro Cold Brew, and okay. I don't, I don't like it. No. My, my opinion is that it sucks because they don't give you ice when you go and right. you order one. They give it to you in just a cup. I'm like, well, can you throw some ice? And they usually get a little snotty when you ask them for ice. They're like, well, it doesn't come with ice. I'm like, well, I want my iced coffee to be cold. I don't want it. To I don't be want it to be warm half an hour from now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. I have the same experience at the coffee shop here where I was like, can I get a 20-ounce nitro? And they were like, it actually only comes in 12 ounces. And I was like, um, could I just get two and you pour it in a 20-ounce glass for me? I don't know. Maybe I should have <laughs> asked for it with, you know, a bunch of ice. You know, fill up a 20-ounce cup with ice, 
pour it in your 12 ounce cup if you want and then combine the two for me because i did right when i got home i had this giant thing of cold brew i had to add some ice to it to keep it cold but i think it must be a texture thing why they don't want you putting the ice in there because it ruins the silky smoothness of the nitro and on that note i will say before we move off of this even though it is quote unquote flat it does have a smoother taste if that makes sense yeah it, it has that silky taste you don't need your Budweiser to be smooth like you want a nice, dark, robust porter or stout or Guinness. But, um, you know, it's something to be said. I shouldn't I shouldn't count it out, you know. So anyway, we got off on a tangent. I gave this a two and a quarter. And um, I'm going to guess the untapped verse is not too far off from me. Um, I'm going to say they gave it a 2.6. All right, let me pull it up. So out of 8,000... 534 check-ins. This is how you know that it's wow. a new beer from, from That's Bud not Weiser. a lot of check-ins. I was expecting five digits. I was expecting the 10 to 20,000 check-ins range. Yeah, so it's 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 very, very new. So out of 8,500 check-ins, it is a 3.02. Okay. I think it's some generous rating for people who are not used to giving beers less than threes. Uh, I'm not That's, wrong. The people are wrong. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, I'm scrolling through some of the ratings here. You know, some people gave it a five. Some people gave it a four and a half. Somebody gave it a two point seven five and said, "Sorry, not good." Um, yeah, one point five. Saying "sorry, not good," but then giving it a over fifty percent rating doesn't seem right to me. But I don't know. Yeah, we all grade on a curve on our Untapped. So, <laughs> Jimmy from Untapped said, "Couldn't tell you what they were going for here. Tastes like rainwater." Yeah, it's definitely got a little bit more malt backbone than most rainwater I've had. But <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. All right, so before we get to my review, which it's going to be awesome, I have some beer news for the Connecticut listeners, or at least the Connecticut area listeners, that I think needs to be shared about uh, new beer distributions to the state. Okay, I like, I like when we can get new beer news on. I feel like it's a rarity, but... Um, what's coming to Connecticut? Yeah, so this is this isn't just like a little news. This is like like big big news. This is so, like we need a third co-host on for this amount of news. Yeah, it's it's almost like like if we had a third co-host, this would be like epic. And like you know, we so we'll 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 add some drops in to just show how awesome it is. Ready? This is like bugle horse racing awesome correct and we'll get a little bit of a little bit of cheer going yeah that kind of sounds like chris yeah there we go despite that he's not here um even even one more thing for us here comes the money here we go money talks here comes the money now that's to express all of the money that i'm about to spend okay it's kind of the beer. opposite of the song. Is the money leaving yes. your pockets? Well, right. it's, it's it's here comes the money to the beer news. Okay. So to start out, Connecticut is finally getting night shift distributed within the state. Nice. Um, for those of you who don't know what night shift is, it is a it's a brewery out of basically Boston. It's out of Everett, Mass, but it's basically out of Boston, Massachusetts, um, right in one of the suburbs. Really good brewery. Uh, you know, it's not quite on the Trillium Treehouse level, but their stuff is solid. Um, they do really good IPAs. They do some really good stouts. It's it's probably the coolest brewery that you can that I've been to in the city of Boston. Like it's it's a unique bohemian style, like old warehouse 
building with two massive bars that serve beer. Fantastic. It's going to be making its way to Connecticut shortly, if not already. Um, I wasn't super impressed with them when I went there, to be honest. Um, Disappointing. I feel like, like you said, definitely not on the Treehouse of Trillium level, but I feel like we have a lot of breweries just underneath that level in Connecticut already. So I'm glad that Night Shift is adding to that that tier in Connecticut. I'll never yes, complain about having more beer. I'm never going to complain either. Their big, their big beer that I'm excited for to buy in cans is Awake, which is a coffee stout. Um, it's really good. It's a really solid representation of the overall style of a coffee stout. Nice. Well, like I said, when I come to Connecticut, I'll check them out. I don't know if they'll be top of my list, but definitely top half of my list. Yeah. So, so to go <laughs> along with this, not only is Night Shift coming to Connecticut, though, they're bringing other things with them. So Night Shift owns their own distribution company. Oh. Um, so they're able to bring other beers with them that are that are signed to their brand. So we're going to get brands like Pipeworks, which we already had in Connecticut, but they're also distributed by Night Shift. Um, Mass Landing, which is another good brewery, but they're out of Maine. They're going to be making their way to Connecticut now, too. Um, you know, other breweries like that. But there are two bigger breweries... One which we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and one which we haven't at all, that are going to be making their way to Connecticut now, underneath this Night Shift distribution brand. So the first one is Fiddlehead. Um, I don't oh. know if you've ever heard of that, Albert, but... I have a growler from them, a half growler from them. Okay, That cool. I always reuse. It's, yeah, my so, authentic New England growler. I've never <laughs> been there, but I was gifted this growler, and um, I've heard they're incredible. Yeah, they are incredible, um... Their Mastermind IPA, which they come out with once a year, is fantastic. Uh, they're they're a really cool brewery. Um, they're not really much of a like the brewery stand, like their actual brewing facility isn't much to talk about. It's attached to a pizza place. The pizza place makes pretty good pizza. Um, <laughs> but overall, the the brewery is not much to write home about. But their beer is fantastic. So that's making its way to Connecticut. And the other big brewery that's attached to that is another local Vermont. Dare we say, we're just going to say legend. Original OG, Alchemist, Heavy no Top, is coming to Connecticut. Ah, that's crazy. Because, like... It is. Last time I checked, you couldn't even find the Alchemist outside of, like, a 50-mile radius of the brewery. Like, not even in yeah, southern and, Vermont you could find it. Yeah, and now we're getting it in Connecticut. It's already distributed in Massachusetts. Um, no way. This is all is. exciting news to me. <laughs> it's already distributed in Massachusetts. Now it's making its way to Connecticut via the Night Shift distribution company. Okay. So, That's cool. So it's going to fi- be like all over again, the struggle to find Hedy Topper with it flying off the shelves as Connecticut people scramble for it. I, th- I think so. But at the same time, this is the state that now I can walk into any liquor store and there's sip of sunshine galore. And every single liquor store you can buy it, it you know, sip of sunshine is basically you know the new Bud Light. It's just everywhere. You can buy it everywhere you go. So I mean, I'm sure at first Heady Topper will be hard to find. Um, I'm not sure if Focal Banger's coming. I have not seen. I've not mm. heard news on it. I would imagine that if one's coming, the other's coming. Right. But I've only heard that Heady Topper is coming. Okay. Well, I will definitely be on the lookout when I get to Connecticut for you, any you should be. Beer. I am already on the lookout. Beer. I have not seen any of it yet, but I am I'm hopeful to find it soon. There's one other brewery that's now coming to Connecticut, too. Wait, wait. Uh, this is on top of all these other ones that you mentioned? On, on top of all these other ones that I mentioned, there's there's one more, and it's not from Vermont. It's not from Massachusetts. We're going to have to go a little bit southern to, to find this one. Southern Grist. Not southern. I wish. Oh. <laughs> I really wish. <laughs> uh, no, this is... 
a little bit more north <laughs> than that. Uh, no, um, other half, the brewery out of Brooklyn, New York. So barely southern, okay. <laughs> ba- barely southern, you know, uh, you know, just a little south. More uh, west than are, south, but okay. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know other half, I believe I brought them on the podcast before. I think but, they had their all green everything. Yeah, okay. But they are on the level of a trillium of a treehouse, like... It's in the Northeast, it's Trillium, it's Treehouse, it's Other Half. They all kind of vie for who's the best. I've, I've said it, I think I've said it on this podcast. If not, I'm going to say it, but I'm just going to say it now. If you're going up to Treehouse and you're going to wait in a two and a half hour line or a three hour line and you live in the Hartford area of Connecticut or anywhere, I guess, Southwest, you're better off getting in your car and driving to Other Half because there's no line to get their beer and their tap room is available to get pours in. Kind of like my argument with Trillium is that you're better off if you're going to go to Treehouse, drive past it and go to Trillium for the same amount of time. You can be back before you probably get done with Treehouse. Same difference with Other Half. Other Half is fantastic. They do great IPAs. Their stouts are amazing. So can and you get pours there right now during COVID? I would assume in Brooklyn, in, in, in New York City, no. Right. That was Because well, um, you said you, you could get some poor tasters or pours. So I'm yeah, surprised. Well, you can't do it at Treehouse. You can't do it at Treehouse either right now, um, unfortunately, or okay. Trillium, I don't believe. Uh, but during normal times, during non-COVID times, we, Caitlin and I showed up there last year, you know, about an hour after opening, walked up, bought the full allotment that I could get in cans, bought the full allotment I can get in bottles, um, put them in the car, and then walked to the tap, ro- the, you know, the, the, the tap room and got three or four pours with no line, no weight, no trouble, no nothing. Um, there were people there, obviously, but it was, it was not like, it was very much like the Trillium Canton vibe over the Treehouse vibe, but the beer's basically the same. Is there ample parking? No. Okay. Cause that's a big Uh, factor. If you're going to be lugging that much beer back to your car. It is a huge factor. Uh, you know, you do have to keep in mind that other half is in Brooklyn. I mean, they have, so I should, I should expand on this a little bit more. Other half has other locations. Look it up on their website to find out exactly where their locations are. I'm sure they have parking at the other locations because they're not in the city. Um, but this is legitimately in a you know in a building in Brooklyn. Like you, know, you had to park. You had to find a place to parallel park. Um, make sure that you had enough time going, get the beer, get the you know get all your pours, and then get out because you are parking on the, the streets of New York. Yeah, always a challenge compared yes. to the giant the giant parking lot of Treehouse. Correct. Yeah, it's very, very different vibe. Even from Can- even from Trillium Canton, where they have a giant parking lot, this is legitimately in the city of New York. But, but yeah, that's coming to Connecticut. That's already here. Um, I already have. But yeah, cans I of guess sitting- the whole point is you won't have to drive anymore. You don't have to worry about parking because it's coming to Connecticut. Correct. And I don't know if everything from them is coming. I'm, I will keep people informed on this podcast about what it is. I know currently that you can get broccoli, which is you know their big like. It's like they're Julius, essentially. And then you can get one other beer. I bought them both. Uh, they're both sitting in my fridge. I'm not really sure. I'm not. I'm drawing a blank on the other name. I'm, I apologize to the listeners. But yeah, so the news, the overall, the news I wanted to share before I get into my review, which I'm really thirsty, so we should move on to that. Night Shift is coming. It's bringing Fiddlehead and Meowchemist with it. On top of that, other half, via Serene Distribution Company, which is the beer distributor, is bringing its beer to Connecticut. Awesome. And so with that, let's jump in to drinking my drink. What is that? Oh no. 
The shark is back. Shark's back. He's returning for a second mediocre beer. Well, kind of. Kind of. Oh, the shark got into the liquor Ted's liquor cabinet. The the shark has arrived to play around he's in the liquor cabinet. He's got in your aperitif fridge. Yeah. yeah he's swimming fridge. around in the aperitif vermouth fridge. No, this week I thought that we would do something cool. Uh, we've never done this before on the podcast, so I figured this would be fun to to talk this over with Obert as he's an, he's another liquor lover uh, because Chris isn't here, so we figured that we'd, we'd dive a little bit more into liquor this week. I have a sample box from Flaviar of three different cognacs. Flaviar. So it's like Tavor and Flavor combined into Flaviar? I I, I have no idea how they came up with the name. It is the the subscription liquor service that sends you like tasting boxes four times a year. Oh, so this is the one that you've you've had on the show previously. You've had Flaviar before. Yep. And what it is, is I have A, B, and C. Each, Each of the bottles are labeled A, B, and C. Inside the bottle is about an ounce and a half of the liquor. It looks like um, a medicine vial almost. It looks like a it test is, tube you'd put blood in. Yeah, kind of very similar to that. Um, it doesn't say what the cognac is. It just says cognac product of France. I have three of okay. them. So how? why is this a face your beers? I absolutely hate cognac. Oh, okay. So why did you get cognac in your liquor box? I chose it for to do a face your alcohol with it. If, wow, that's if I'm being dedication. Honest. Dedication to the pot. So, um, cognac. Ober, I don't know how much you know about cognac. I don't know much about it. All I know is that it tastes like absolute garbage. The only thing I know about it is, is it's like champagne, where I think all cognac comes from France. I, I agree. I think that it's also a grape. Oh, like a fermented grape? Yeah, I think so. I'm not. Give me one second. Well, I can't wait to learn more about cognac right now. So cognac is a variety of brandy named after the commune of Cognac, France. It is produced in the in the surrounding wine-growing region in the departments of Charente and Charente Maritime. Cognac is a type of brandy, and after the distillation during aging process, it's also called Et du Vie. I don't I don't know if I'm saying that right there, French French people. They probably would say you nailed it. <laughs> Perfect. It is produced by twice distilling white wines pr- uh, produced in any of the designated growing regions. So it is a grape alcohol that's made by twice distilling, which is weird because you get like vodkas that are like six times distilled. This is only twice. So it's a type of brandy. It is a type of brandy made with just grapes. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. And so the way they do it is that the grapes are pressed. They're left to ferment for two to three weeks. Um, with the na- with the region's native wild yeast converting the sugar into alcohol. So just spontaneous fermentation. Then they distill it twice and get the alcohol up to 70% alcohol. Interesting. I'm surprised. It doesn't seem like, considering how long you have to age wine for, I'm surprised that you can make cognac so fast. Well, so there's then there is there is an aging process involved too. So Right. Good, good but I guess there. I'm surprised that like the alcohol gets in the wine, in the cognac so fast that they, it's just like two to three weeks of fermentation and then bam, let's distill the sucker. It's, it's so, interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they do say that, you know, the, once the distillation is complete, uh, it's put into a certain type of oak cask for at least two years before it can be sold to the public. Okay. Um, so it's gotta be, so it's kind of like whiskey where you got to age it for a certain amount of time. Uh, if you're a PBR, that might be 15 seconds. If <laughs> if your Jack Daniels, it might be a little longer. Who knows? Yep. So so this is this is interesting. So much like bourbon, where they have the angels share the stuff that's 
you know, evaporated into the wood. It's the same idea with cognac. So this is this is why this is so confusing to me as a bourbon lover. Okay. Cognac is the same thing, just made with grapes and not a mash bill of malts like right. bourbon. It's very, very weird. Um, and then they're also rated. There's a rating system uh, that gives out grades. So there's VS, which is very special. Okay, uh, I've heard of I've like you always see this in the bottle. I never really understood what these meant. Yeah, so let's let's go through this. So VS means very special, so it's three stars. It designates a blend in which the youngest brandy has been aged for at least two years. This is after blending. Um, so that must mean that all cognacs are blended. I, I didn't see that anywhere in my research, but based on this, this is how I would understand this. Uh, VSOP, which is very superior, old pale, or it's also called reserve, designates a blend which the youngest brandy has aged for at least four years in a cask. Napoleon, which designates a blend which is the youngest brandy has aged for at least six years. I've never heard of that one before. I have never heard of that one either. XO, which is extra old, which is the minimum youngest brandy has been aged for 10 years. Okay. Couple thoughts on this. Um, First question. So, okay. My first comment is it sounds just like whiskey where you have to, it's only as old as the youngest thing you put in it. That's, yes. Yeah. My next comment is, it's kind of bullshit that the scale starts at very special. Like, how, like, <laughs> you can't just say the worst cognac is very special. Like, that's you said true. that's three stars. How, how do you, where do you get the one star or two star cognacs? It doesn't exist. They're French. They, they believe that they're above everybody else. Okay. Okay. So at a minimum, whatever you're drinking in A, B, and C tonight is very special. I, I think so, yes. Yes, at the very minimum. There's two other levels. There's XXO, which is extra, extra old. So there's XO, or extra, extra, which is extra old, and XXO, which is extra, extra old. Oh, wow. And that means that the wine has been aged for, or the, the wine spirit has been aged for at least 14 years. And then there's Horde to Age, which is beyond age, which state, uh, it's equal to XO, but it, but in practice, the term is used by producers to market high-quality product beyond the beyond the official age scale. So, okay, so like, hang on. So they have extra <laughs> special. Very special is the is the first thing. And now they're going to try and something with this ordiage baloney of, oh, no, don't worry. This is just even better. Correct, yes. We, we're not going to tell you the age, but just know it's beyond age. Correct. It's beyond. It's so old that it's beyond age. <laughs> It's like it's like those memes you see where like God is talking to Adam and Eve, and then he's like, "I don't know, she was already here." Talking about like the Queen of England, it's like, "I don't know, (laughs) that brandy was already here when I made Earth." All right, so let's start with A. Okay. Um, in true Flaviar fashion, I have the little sheet here. It says A. It gives me a little flavor profile. Oh. Um, I'm not gonna look at it at first. I'm gonna see. If I can pick out some flavors before we look at this. Okay, so wait. Before you dive in here, did you pour this into a glass? Is it room temperature? What do we got so, here? Currently, I have a glass, a whiskey glass. I don't. I know cognac glasses are supposed to be giant snifters. I don't have a giant snifter. I have beer snifters. Eh. I wanted something with a little bit more air to maybe let some aromas out. It is room temperature. I To my left, I have a cup of ice. So... My my idea here is that I'm going to try at room temperature, re, you know, give it my thoughts, add a, an ice cube to it and see if it changes. Because that's okay. kind of how I do whiskey, too. I, I prefer whiskey with, with one ice cube in it. Okay. So that's that's on the rocks, basically, as opposed to being neat. Yes, correct. So, so I'm going to try, try it neat. Try it neat. 
And then then you'll add put a one rock, rock. Put a rock in it and then try it that way. Cool. All right. Pour it in the glass. As you can see, this one's this one's dark. Um, I don't. Let's see if the if the little container tells me if it's VS VSOP or whatever, and it does not. The other thing I want to point out is that the VS and VSOP those are two different words. One is very special, and one is very superior. Correct. That's very superior, old pale, no less. That just seems unnecessarily complicated. <laughs> Well, the VSOP clearly is not special. I guess not. All right. So on the nose, it does smell like it's it smells like a boozy wine. Uh, it's very sweet smelling, but it does smell like it's going to be it's going to burn. I you mean, can it's gonna smell have, the burn. The burn. You can smell the. I can smell alcohol, the burn already. Yeah. It also smells like so. For those out there who have tried scotch, it smells a little smoky as well. Oh. So I'm expecting some peat. As always, you got to take three small sips to kill the flavor. Or to kill the taste buds. That's one thing we learned. That Tud's, Tud's liquor cabinet has taught us a few things. You got to do the shock. You got the adjustment. And then the savor was that the last one. Or enjoy. Yeah, savor like or enjoyment or one of those. The good sip. That's what I'm calling it. Okay. So this one's not it. So I don't know what cognac I've had in the past. But it was not this. I like this. This is not bad. I wouldn't say it's incredible. Um, But it's not bad. It's definitely... Definitely has a burn. Um, you know, my, the middle of my chest warmed up when I drank it. It's very sweet. It definitely has some peat to it. I'm, I'm not the best at picking out flavors from from liquor. You got I that sweet. Si- you got that peat. Yeah, sweet peat. Maybe so a little plum. But I what does our what does your cheat sheet say about the so sweet peat? <laughs> the sweet peat cheat sheet. <laughs> the sweet peat cheat sheet says that. Um. So now the way it works is that the bigger the bigger the sh- Shape of the item, the more flavor you're supposed to get out of it. Oh, it's like a word cloud with pictures of fruits. Correct. And we'll post this up on the Instagram too when I post my, my picture up there so people can see what these cheat sheets look like. Um, so you're supposed to, so the biggest taste you're supposed to get is sweet. Done. Check mark. How do they identify that? It's a it's the bag top, of sugar. It's a, it's a picture of a cupcake, like the top of a cupcake, and it says sweet. Okay. Hard um, to the interpret big, that. <laughs> the next biggest flavor you're supposed to get is peach. You had the first three letters right. That's true. Uh, the next flavor you're supposed to get is orange and mango with some figs, a little bit of honey, some grapes, some vanilla, and some oak. So the hmm. oak is probably the peatiness that I'm taking, like the, the, the woody kind of smoky. Yeah, smokier flavors. But I'm not getting any orange or mango on this like I would a beer. It sounds Maybe like it's really vanilla. letting you down in the fruit department because you didn't mention anything def- about those grapes or would you say dates or not dates, but uh, figs. Figs. Yeah, it's. I'm not getting a lot of fruit. I get like if you look for it, there's there's vanilla flavor. I guess it's there. It kind of blends in with that smoky peaty flavor that I was looking at, the oakiness. But I'm not getting orange or figs or mango. Um, I guess this is too. I, I'm not gonna add ice cube to this one. It's not bad. Um, so. I guess now, is this there is any fine. indication of what how much alcohol is in here? So yes, this one says that it's forty percent ABV out Damn. of fifty milliliters. That's strong. It is. This it is was strong it's a, stuff. It it's a you know it's a grape whiskey. I mean it's sure. gonna be strong. Sure, but I feel like overall though, still eighty proof seems like a lot. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. You're the, the whiskey thing. drinker. What does whiskey normally weigh in? I thought it was like seventy proof. No whiskey bourbon can be one ten. Okay, hundred. I mean that's eighty is kind of the low end for for bourbon with oh, yeah, one hundred to one ten. I have never being, learned that. Yeah, a hundred to one hundred and ten is usually the good stuff. Okay, usually that's but, when I know I'm getting in trouble. When I was when I was 
in college and I was checking with triple digit proof things <laughs> that it was guaranteed I was going to have a bad night. Guaranteed. See, and this is just, it's good. This is good sipping liquor. Um, it has so much more burn than a hundred proof bourbon. Like legitimately the back of my throat is burning. Yeah. Maybe you got to cleanse the palate here. I'll Eat drink some, some crackers, water. Drink some water. Cool it down a little bit. Um, let's flip it over and see what it is. So this is Mason Serene and this is a VSOP. Okay. Very superior old pale. Very superior old pale. Um, delicious. I, I like this. I would drink this. Um, on the liquor scale, probably give it, I'll say it's a four. It's solid so drinker. I mean, we know it can't be below three stars. That's against the, the cognac rules. That's true. It's not allowed to be b- below three stars. Right. But no, I've had bourbon that's worse than this. Um, I've definitely had other liquors that are worse than this. I've had cognac that's worse than this. So this is, I like, I'll keep, you know what? I will keep this as a recommendation in case I ever want to get uh, froggy in a liquor store. And I'll buy this cognac because it's this one I could drink. Wait, get froggy. What does that mean? You know, want to leap. <laughs> boo. I need my soundboard for the boo sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Boo to your joke. <laughs> That's a saying. You've never heard that before? I think you made it up on this podcast. Listeners, tell me on the Discord I'm wrong. <laughs> They're already telling you you're wrong. They're lined up. Episode's yeah. not even out yet. They've already said that you're wrong. <laughs> All right. So going on to B. B is a little lighter than the last one. Hmm. I don't know how the, the light, the color correlates to the aging. I would think the more you age it, the darker it gets. But VSOP is the only one that says pale. So Right. So this one, it, who knows? It could be a VS. It could be an XO. It could be an XXO. It could be a Ordage. I don't, I don't know. We're going to find out, though. So yes, let's finish this. Let me, let me clean up the glass. Okay. Glass is cleaned out. Now, for those listening al- along at home, I have water. I poured it in the glass. I drink the water out of the glass. This is the this is the type of level that we're going here on Drinking Alone with Friends to provide you guys with the best liquor review possible. And it's good. It keeps you hydrated. It cuts down on the hangover yeah. for tomorrow. So, again, room temperature, no ice. Into the glass it goes. All right. This smells a lot less of everything than the last one. I don't smell any grape. I don't smell any sweetness. I barely smell booze. Oh, wow. Really good. Yeah, it, it kind of smells like water. Like, you know, there's a hint of booze, but it's not like... Like, the last one was, like, punching me in the face. So, uh, let's just jump in. Wow, this one... This is... This is good. This is hmm. very smooth. This is no burn at all. Um, Very sweet. Very grapey. I definitely get a lot of grape on my tongue. Like, that's, that's what I taste. How, so... Does the does it match the aroma of being much less bitey, much less alcohol? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's just it's a smooth grape, maybe a little figs. I'm just trying to I'm trying to compare to the last one. I would say that it's grape, a little figgy, no oak, um, no vanilla to speak of. It's I, I don't get any I don't get any tropical fruits. I know that there's gonna be tropical fruits because the last one had a shit ton of them, but this doesn't have it. Um, this one's still forty percent ABV. Oh wow. Okay, I was going to ask if it tasted more like a wine without the burn, but it sounds like it still definitely tastes like a brandy. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, to me, so when I relate it back to bourbon, you always know that you're drinking a bourbon. I've never gone from a, I've never gone from one bourbon that tastes very boozy and burns to a, to a bourbon that doesn't, doesn't have any of the characteristics of the last one that you drink. You know, they all kind of taste like bourbon. This one tastes entirely different from the last one. I mean, 
completely and utterly different, which is interesting. I wonder if that has to do with the type of grape that they used from the region, how they aged it, what part of the region it was aged in. These are things I, I don't know. But that's a good one. I like this one too. So maybe I don't like, maybe I don't dislike cognac as much as I thought yeah. I did. Maybe you just had a bad experience once. But so don't flip, before you flip it over. Sure. There was a lot more like, I don't want to say exotic, but they got a lot more fruit flavors. Um, even if you don't, even if it's just the faintest tint, just give us some thr- throws at this dartboard of like crazy stuff that you hope to see when you flip this board, or when you flip this card over. Sure. So I would say that there's some, there's some banana in here. Like, like if you're looking at like a, like a, a, a triple or a, or a double or even a quadruple, like you get that kind of like, like a Belgian mushy. Yeah. Like a Belgian beer, like the, the, the mushy banana flavor. I get that out of this a little bit. Very, very, very little. Maybe some orange rind. Maybe. It, you know, hints. This is, like I said, this one's tough. This one is yeah. like. Yeah. It sounds so it, opposite. Are you glad that this was B and not A? Or do you wish you drank this one first? I wish I would have drank this one first. Yeah. Because it's possible that A dulled everything in my mouth to where this one. I, I kind of wish I would have had like three separate. Now going back and looking at this. I wish I would have had three separate glasses and poured them in there and compared them sporadically as right. i was drinking them so you still had a to go back to after b correct yeah. and see that if what i'm tasting in b is actually b or if it's because i'm already through a yeah we'll live and learn now we know for the next flavior box i've got i've got about five boxes so this can always be a rollback oh, nice um so flipping over the card grape is by far the biggest shape on this thing okay um it goes grape then figs caramel Mango, vanilla, spicy, candied, bitter orange, and then rancid. Well, I mean, you were right with the orange peel, and I—I I guess maybe, I was right with the orange peel. Maybe you can get from from mushy banana to rancid, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I, I, that's a weird. But you, like you said, you get a lot of sweetness on this one, and that sounds like it matches up with that profile. No, I well, I don't get, I don't get it. No, I get a lot of grape. I don't get a lot of sweetness. It's very much like a oh. like a dry wine, like a dry Chardonnay or a dry. Oh, okay. I was like expecting it like, to be more of like a luscious wine than a dry wine. No, much, very much like a like a champagne, like the very dry and just mellow flavor. Gotcha. Okay, so, so this you one was on the seat much longer. This one was Paul Bow. VSOP as well. Hmm. Um, I would give this one. I'd give this one probably a, a four two five. It's it's better than the last one. Um, you know, as far I, I'm I'm gonna put this on the wine scale. I guess if you had all wines at five and this below it, I'd I'd put this at a four two five. It's it's approaching wine status if that makes sense. So if you're feeling froggy, you would go for B over A. Correct. Yeah. If I okay, wanted to well, leap at a liquor store, I would go B over A. I can't wait to hear what. Letter C brings us. Yeah, so I still got to finish this, but let's start. Let's get started with at least reviewing what C looks like because this is the most interesting one out of the bunch. It is almost clear. Um, even I, I'm holding it up to the webcam so Obert can see it. It's kind of pale yeah. yellow, yellowy, and and that's kind of what the webcam's doing to it. If in person, as I'm looking at it, it is very much. It very much looks like there's water inside this container. Oh wow! I was gonna say it looks like Walsh's white grape juice. Kinda, it kind of has a little bit of hint of yellow, but I mean, if I saw this sitting on the counter, I would just say, "Oh, that's the light that's hitting it. That's making it look a little yellowy." Um, again, forty percent ABV. Let me finish this. 
pour some water in the glass, clean it out, and we'll start it on this one. All right, top is off. All right, this one smells entirely different from the last two. Not that I'm surprised. I mean, it looks different, very different. Um, On the nose, it does not smell like grapes. Hmm. It smells like toffee. It smells like a Heath bar. It's very buttery, toffee-ish kind of flavor on the nose. Something tells me, though, this is going to be a lot stronger than B. Let's let's try this out from a flavor standpoint. I'm act- this one scares me because I don't really like toffee. Right. And so does it smell like more alcohol than B? It smells like more alcohol than B, but not as much as A. Right. But I right. don't. I like the smell of A more than I like the smell of C. If that makes sense. This is the true face your brandies. Yeah. This this toffee the toffiness. I don't like toffee. I avoid it. It's ugh. Um. Here we go. Surprisingly, the toffee doesn't come across in the flavor profile. Um. Very grapey. Very white grapey. So not very sweet. Kind of dry. Um. This one I get a little bit more uh, tropical fruits with. I get a little mango. Um. I get a little vanilla. Get a little plum coming out of here. This one's not bad. This one actually surprisingly might be the best tasting out of the three of them. It smells like absolute hot garbage. I tell you what, I think you might be a cognac man. I apparently I might be a cognac man. What's the really famous cognac? I've had that one before and I did not like it. There's one that all the rappers drink. Let me find out. It is Remy Martin, Hennessy. Hennessy. I've had Hennessy. Yeah. Um I not I did not like Hennessy. Hennessy was straight up garbage. It was all you could, you know, all inclusive. I ordered a Hennessy because I was like, well, yeah, it's in all the songs. People talk about it all the time. Let's try it. I didn't like it. I had the bartender give me another drink. Um, so ever since then, I've been not a cognac fan because that sucked. It was not right. a good liquor. I've had a bad opinion on cognac ever since. Well, Wikipedia says that they supply more than 40% of the world's cognac. Hennessy? Yeah. Do they make other br- So like, kind of like, like... Buffalo Trace makes more than just Buffalo Trace, and Jim Beam makes more than just Jim Beam. Do they make other brands that... They they have about a dozen, looking on the Wikipedia page, they have about a dozen different Hennessy's. Um, okay. But they are owned by a couple of, looks like conglomerate companies that may have other distilled products, it seems like. But uh, I'm not seeing their associate, them being associated with other familiar brands other than it seems like everything i'm seeing that that they sell has hennessy in the name okay so none of these that i've had tonight are a hennessy brand right that's my understanding okay. unless we haven't looked at card c yet we have not looked at card c i'd be i'm gonna laugh my ass off when i flip this over and it says hennessy. <laughs> but let's let's take a look at the flavor card and see what this has to say so i was right with the toffiness that right off the top the biggest thing over you can you can read it Look at that. It says toffee. It says a toffee. Of a toffee. It smells like toffee. That's all I smell. I I don't get it on the flavor, thank God, because I probably You're wouldn't be finishing You're not a toffee guy, this. huh? I'm not a toffee guy. Um, Vanilla, which I got. Orange, which I did not get. I got more mango. Um, But then it says fruit in general and sweet. Just this very broad stroke, broad brush strokes Tastes of like flavors. Uh, pear, elderflower, grapes, and honey. So I got the sweet, I got the vanilla, I got the toffee. That's that's about it. I guess I got fruit by saying mango, but <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get orange, I didn't get pears, I didn't get elderflower. I don't even know what the hell an elderflower tastes like, but I didn't get it. Saint Germain um, liquor, basically. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. I did not get this out of here, and I got no honey. 
Um, overall, though, this is probably the best out of the three from a flavor standpoint. Um, there's a lot going on in this in this one. Obviously, based on what I just read you, it's a variety of different things going on. But this one overall, I could see myself drinking. Um, I could see myself drinking actually all three of these. So I'll be saving these three pieces of, of paper and going shopping with them if I ever decide to go, co- go cognac shopping. So with, without further ado, what is it? So this is a Guyon Paint Tarad. <laughs> Never heard of it. Um, it's also a VSOP. But surprisingly, so the other one said just VSOP below it. It was the name of the brand, VSOP. This one says VSOP Cognac. I don't know if that's a difference. I didn't find that in my research to where they would label it differently as if, you know, between a VSPO and a VSPO Cognac. So I wonder if maybe like the other ones weren't really made in the Cognac region of France. But it says product of France on the on the glass. For the other two. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. So it's very but, it's very weird. There's a different distinction with this one. Right. Um, I did think about a trick for our listeners, though, for myself. If you want to remember, basically, the order of the age, you just go alphabetical. If you were to look them up in a dictionary, which is when we were kids, this was this it was a book that you kept all the words in to look things up. Uh, <laughs> so it goes speaking to from, all our, our younger like teenagers. That was yeah, in alphabetical order. It goes from worst to, to best. You go VS, VSOP, XO, XXO. What about Hordage? We're not, that one and, and um, Napoleon don't count. Those aren't real. I don't think those are real. But if you're, because you're, you're going to the store, I see all the time VS, VSOP, and XO. And I'm like, I don't know what these three, like, that's, that's how you know the order is you go alphabetically. I'm going to say that going out on a limb here, VSOP. It's probably the area that 99% of our audience is going to play in if they want to, to drink cognac. They're probably not going to be able to, they're probably not going to want to drop the money on an XO or an XXO cognac, unless they're really big cognac fans. I would imagine that right. these are probably middle of the road, 60 to $80 a bottle VSOPs. I imagine that an XO and an XXO would probably push the, the 100 to you know 200 plus range for cognacs my experience is that longer aging doesn't always make a better product like i think there's definitely a sweet spot at least in my experience with both rum um with whiskey there's uh, tequila i really like the reposado and not the anejo i like the rested and not the aged um so yeah aged you get maybe some more stronger flavors especially from the the wood of the barrel but it doesn't always make it a better product, especially if you're mix blending it in with other flavors if you're having it in a drink and like in a cocktail. Okay, I understood. I actually tend to agree with you when it comes to, to uh, tequila that I, I prefer the Reposado to the Anejo. I don't really like the, the aged flavor of tequila. I prefer it to be the Reposado flavor. Yeah. Yeah, and I've had a couple of like super old rums that I was just like, eh, it just tastes like straight up alcohol. A little bit. But I will tell you, like, aged bourbon, I've had, like, you know, the, I've had Pappy Van Winkle 14-year and 15-year and 20-year. They do taste different. I mean, you know, Pappy Van Winkle 20-year is a different drink than a Woodford Reserve. It just, it's, it's still a bourbon, but it's not, if that makes sense. It's sweeter, it's more savory, there's a lot, there's a reason that Pappy Van Winkle costs what it costs 
and that right. it's difficult to find. It's it's because it's that good. It's just it's a different level. Well, I'm curious how much of that is because it's like, oh, that was a really good year, or how much of it is it just once it's aged for a certain amount of time, it tastes good. You know, like you get that yeah. with wines where it's like, this was a really good year for this wine. Not necessarily you had to, the more it's aged, the better it tastes kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know. I've only, I've only been able to have that once in my life. Um, it, it was a uh, $120 shot. Uh, so it's not like I'm going out and like drinking it every weekend. It's just, it's just not in my budget. <laughs> but overall, overall, I would give this, finish it out, four and a half. Um, so this actually did really go in order. Went from four to four two five to four and a half. I will, next time I'm at Total Wine, I'm going to research what these things cost. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this Gideon Painterad is about $100. It's pretty good. Um, maybe I'd pick up a bottle, have it around the house just just in case I ever got froggy and I wanted to drink some cognac. Yeah. Uh, but overall, pretty good. I mean, this is, this is a fun little experiment to do. So did they send you about two ounces of each, it looks like? Yeah, ounce and a half, 50 milliliters each. Okay, so uh, I think we're running a little long today. Really dive yeah, deep into the cognac. Yeah. Feeling froggy with the cognac. So I guess that means it's time for our 300 Frosty Mug of Wisdom, where we take it off the shelf or out of the freezer. Well, two, two, two handle. We break off a handle uh, <laughs> because we don't need it this week and um, fill it with wisdomy wisdom, advice, products, Netflix shows, uh, etc. Amazon, two day prime delivery objects. Those kinds of things. Uh, and I'll, as always, we kick it off with uh, this song. Test your handle. Test your handle. Test your handle. Test your handle. Mug of wisdom! Mug of wisdom. Thank you to our resident gong man, Jordan, from the Wreck My Podcast for that one, as always. Yeah, he, he kind of made Pete unemployed during uh, during quarantine, which is kind of upsetting right. for Pete. But Yeah, you know, I think we were paying him a little too much anyway for all, only That's banging true. the gong. We got Jordan to write us a whole song with synthesizers and everything. Thanks again, Jordan. Uh, as man of the people this week with the only beer... Honk, 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 honk. We even got a little Chris laughing there for R.I.P. <laughs> Former co-host Chris. Hopefully he's surviving the Rona. Um, oh, you know what? Not poor Chris, poor COVID. Poor COVID, stuck in that body. Yeah. Poor COVID. Um, but so as man of the people, uh, Todd, why don't you kick it off this week? Sure. Um, I'll take it. I'm not afraid of, of the two-handed mug of wisdom. It's this two, way you can grab all the handles at once and just shove that beer in your face. That now, wisdom in I your always face. imagine 
then on the two-handle mug of wisdom, the, the handles would be kind of like 90 degree to each other. So you kind of have like a really good like holding position. Okay, like I thought the they side. were like 180 on the sides. No. Yeah, I think that makes it a little bit more difficult to lift. If you had it at 90, you could put your mouth right in between right in that between the That seems too close. I think we want a sweet spot as like 120, which would be like a three-handled mug with one of the handles snapped off. Okay, so we just take our three-handled mug of wisdom, we whack the third handle on the table and break it off. Right. That's how we get the two-handed mug or two-handled mug of wisdom. So so chug some wisdom and belch it at us. Yes. So my <laughs> handle this week is going to be a an artist um, a guitar player, and I uh, he's a country artist, I guess is kind of what you'd, you'd consider him. His name is Coulter Wall. C-O-L-T-E-R is his first name, in case you guys are trying to find him on um, wherever you stream your music. Last name, Wall, like the thing that's in your house, Wall. That uh, There's no way he was born with that name. That's absolutely a country stage name. Coulter Wall. <laughs> Coulter Wall. Like, I've never I heard know. a more stereotypical country singer name been Coulter Wall before. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. He's excellent. Um, His voice reminds me of Johnny Cash. It's very deep. Um, He's only 25 years old, but if you listen to his music, you're like, what happened to you in your life that you have this much sadness and pain and your voice is, is like that? Like, the dude's voice can tell a story. Like, <laughs> like that I haven't heard since Johnny Cash. I mean, the dude has that type of, that type of, johnny cash imagery when you hear him sing it's just you're like wow this guy's good and he can play the shit out of the guitar um i'm a very i'm a big music i'm a big musical fan anyways and when somebody has enough talent like this guy does it's enough for me to be impressed by so my handle this week coulter wall he's on spotify he's on amazon music you can pull him up Pull them up on YouTube if you want, but check it out. Um, and then write in, write into the, the email and let me know what you thought, because I think that it's excellent. The few people that I've shown him to so far think he's also excellent. So I'm not just the only one that, that's raving about this guy. So one comment and one question. Comment sure. is, uh, have you ever seen the movie Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story with John C. Riley? There's a scene where like, he's still at home. He's like an 11-year-old kid. And he discovers these like old blues singers. They're like, you know, like 80 year old black guys like sitting around the store and they're like teaching him how to sing the blues. And he sings, he has this like perfect, like he's an 11 year old kid. He's this like grizzled old man voice. He's like, <laughs> I cut my brother in half. <laughs> it's like you talking about how the, I don't know how this culture guy has gotten all these sad stories. All I could think of was Dewey Cox with this crazy voice having cut his brother in half at the age of 11. Uh, but uh, I mean, who knows? This this guy could have done the same maybe thing. Maybe Coulter cut his brother in half. Maybe yeah. he's got a hard past. I, I don't I don't judge, but I will tell you, you know, if if you want one song recommendation, that was my question. That was oh, my question going to be like, where do I start? Yeah, so I would start with either Sleeping on the Blacktop um, or The Devil Wears a Suit and Tie. Sleeping on the Blacktop, I believe, was... It, it sounds like it was a motion picture like theme song at some point. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done the research that far. But it just sounds like something where you'd hear it on a, like, on a movie trailer and you'd be like, oh, I know that song. Right. Made but for a trailer. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think enough people have heard about this guy. So uh, also keep in mind that this guy wrote... Sleeping on a blacktop and a devil wears a suit and tie when he was 21 years old. So pretty it's, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive the sounds that he's able to 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 do with a, just a guitar. There's not much other music going on. It's just him and a guitar and his voice. Check it out. 
So with that, I'm going to hand the mug over to Obert because it's the only one left. And Obert, you are That's the man right. of the people, so you get to go last by, per your choosing. Honk, 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 honk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have this week a YouTuber, which I'm really excited to bring to the show. Um, this guy... So let me take a step back and say, I think part of the reason I ended up being an engineer and having a love of science, I will attribute that to Bill Nye, the science guy. I watched his show on PBS as a kid. Um, and what I really like about Bill Nye is he was always so excited to bring the science to pe- to people and to explain stuff. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, him. <laughs> so... But like I was saying, he has, he just was really enthusiastic about a show and just like super enthusiastic about the science. I recently discovered the YouTube channel Smarter Every Day and the host of this show, he's just so excited about exploring and explaining the world we live in. Um, I initially got on his channel because he was explaining how pulleys work and how basically with enough pulleys you can you can do anything. You can pull a truck by yourself if you have enough pulleys. Um, and he was just so excited about pulleys. Wait, and then wait, I true? used to work. Yeah. Yeah. He tells the story about how there's this ancient Greek uh, scientist philosopher guy who once impressed the king because he was able to pull a ship, a giant wooden ship with himself and enough pulleys. And uh, But it's really cool how he explains how he's so excited about pulleys and uh, does a really good job of visually explaining things. Like if I was to try and explain the concept, it wouldn't make any sense, but the way he lays it out on the screen is really cool. And I used to work on submarines. He did a really cool video explaining how torpedoes work. And um, I'm just, I just immediately went down the rabbit hole watching all this guy's videos. And he does some more clickbaity stuff. Like what if we pitched a baseball faster than the speed of sound? And some stuff like that, but he always does a really good job of hooking you with this crazy sounding title like that. And then explaining, you know, how shockwaves work, how the sound barrier works, all this stuff. Um, I think he's the 21st century equivalent of Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye, in his old age, not to throw any shade, but he seems like more bitter (laughs) with the world and more angry (laughs) than excited. And this guy- just shitting all over our childhood hero. Yeah, this guy is just like still passionate and he just loves exploring the world. So smarter every day. Um, show it to your kids and maybe they'll become engineers someday because he's a dad and he has sometimes he has his kids on in the videos. Um, anyway, it's it's really set up that anyone can help understand some of this stuff. Uh, check it out. Definitely click on the link in the in, in the show notes of all the handles I've done in a while. This is one that I'm very excited about. So. I can't recommend awesome. it enough. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to check them out from the show notes. Yeah. So with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Um, we'd like to thank the people who provided today's drinks. I will thank Flaviar for providing me with their cognac flavor box. Yeah. And um, we could put the names in the description too because yes. they seem like a little hard to Google. So we'll, we'll write them out there. Um, I guess I'm thinking An- thanking Anheuser-Busch for their Budweiser nitro reserve gold thanks thanks budweiser (laughs) um if you 
If you'd like to follow us on social media, please head over to basically every social media platform and follow us at DAWF Podcast. Um, you know, mostly Instagram, mostly Facebook. We post a lot there. We post all of our drinks there. So if you'd like to see what we're drinking, um, head on over to there and you can definitely see what they look like. Uh, also, make sure you hashtag follow the email at DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Um, make sure that you're writing in with different thoughts, different ideas. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you would like to write in an email to us, we will be happy to read it. And chances are, we'll probably read it on this podcast and answer your questions, concerns, and or if you just want to say hello, we'll probably just write back or we'll probably just say on the podcast, hello, XYZ person. Can I put out a, a request for emails? We already did the, we did the fantasy football request. I need, I'm looking for a good audio book, people. Write in, email us an audio book recommendation because I have a long drive coming up. I need something to listen to. So send it send it our way, dawfpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure you're heading over to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review and uh, leave a comment as well. That way we know that you reviewed it. It's just, you know, it's helpful. It helps other people find us. Um, also, make sure you're telling your friends and your family this is not a secret podcast. You know, unlike when you have, when you find a really good fantasy football podcast and you don't want to share it with people because you have, you know, competitors in your league and you don't want everybody to know about it. We are not that. We are a, a simple alcohol, beer, wine review podcast that likes to have a lot of fun. Tell everybody you know about us because A, why not? And B, it helps us. And C, then you could talk to all your friends and you guys can drink alone together too. And we want people to um, have fun. Yeah, obviously. We would love to have people to have fun. Also, Head over to our Discord, uh, join the fun over there. We have a lot of our fans over there talking and, and, and communicating back and forth there. And I think with that, we have nothing else because we're down a man. So uh, one more time, Obert and I are going to take a shot at Chris and just kind of laugh at him because uh, that's just what we do here at, at DAWF Podcast. So Chris, hope you're feeling better, but at the same time, haha. <laughs> yeah, pouring one out for you, but not really just drinking a delicious beer instead. Yeah, yeah, we'd rather be drinking beer than have COVID. Sorry. So with that, <laughs> my name's Tud. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friend. So, so my recommendation, I mean, have you ever heard of Harry Potter? It's a story about a boy who's stuck in a cupboard and they find out that he's a wizard. Okay. Interesting. So that sounds like an interesting novella. Is that like a hundred page story? No, or... it's actually, uh, I think it's like seven or eight books long and like they're like thousands and thousands of pages. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll have to check this one out. Sounds pretty good because yeah. I have 38 hours of driving I need to fill up with audio content. So I think that you probably could get.